Coming up on tonight's episode of Don't Panic, we have all the latest news from Microsoft's Build Conference, including Apps Everywhere, Windows Phone 8.1, and the return of the Start menu, plus a hands-on review of Amazon's Fire TV, we talk Android TV, um, and we just have a lot of fun discussions. It's a great episode, you're not going to want to miss it. Coming up now on Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 41, recorded April 7th, 2014. On Apps Everywhere, Fire TV fizzles, and Cortana comes alive. So, uh, we are live on YouTube. What? What? Holy moly! I know, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Uh, That's amazing. Um, hello, and welcome to this edition of Don't Panic. Uh... I am Sean Jennings. They are uh, Dan Miller and Colby Rabideau. These guys right above me on the screen. Uh, how are you guys doing this week? Uh, pretty good. I just ate some Chinese food. Um, it's also, like, hot as hell here. It's annoying. And by hot as hell, I mean it's, like, 70 degrees. But, like, it's warm. Yeah. I heard you had a heat wave yesterday. Yeah, yeah. The sun was out and it was warm. I had to take off my sweatshirt. The deal. <laughs> and I am doing exceptionally well because I'm drinking the uh, official Game of Thrones beer in honor of yesterday's premiere. I've got tan liquid. <laughs> Today's episode Too much milk in your coffee. tan liquid. <laughs> tan liquid for when you're parched. I'm pretty sure that's Folgers. <laughs> no, this is uh, Breakfast Blood Green Mountain. Oh, uh, no, I meant, I meant that tan liquid is, like, oh. copyrighted by <laughs> Tan, tan liquid. Um, that could be, like, tanning lotion. You could just be tan liquid. Um, maybe I'm just overthinking this. Okay. Um, I don't know about you guys, but unless you have anything else, why don't we jump in and go straight to our top story? Sounds good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I gotta fix the transition on that, but we'll get there. Uh, this week's big story is Microsoft's Build Conference was held this past week, and Microsoft decided to just blow the roof off the place and announce, um, practically everything, let's be honest. Um, so, we've got a ton of Microsoft stories, let's start with, um, the one they started with, and that would be Windows Phone 8.1. The big highlight of Phone 8.1 is Cortana which is uh, essentially their answer to Apple's Siri, uh, another voice command assistance, Google Now, that sort of thing. Um, just like all those other services, it lets you manage basic phone functions, set appointments, perform searches, so on and so forth. Um, it talks to you. Um, <laughs> uh, and what's interesting about Cortana specifically is that it... Um, actually interacts with apps. Siri currently uh, cannot interact with your apps. Cortana will actually allow apps to be written to uh, allow for voice commands. Does um, Google now let you interact with apps? I don't think so. No, I think it's, I, like, predefined. Yeah, and it's limited. Siri does allow limited, very limited partners. Um, but there yeah, is yeah. no open API or anything like that. Right. Um, another thing to note about Cortana is the uh, notebook feature. Uh, which they claim is the best of all the talking services. 
the best way for you to track what data Cortana has access to, how it tracks that data, what apps have access to it. It's essentially a, a, a central place for Cortana. Um, and that's what I think Google Now really needs. I, I absolutely agree. If it's going to, yeah. you know, we want it to collect our data. We just don't know what that data is. And like when you can't figure out how it's collecting the data, like how it knows to tell you that Game of Thrones is on tonight, that's when it like feels a little bit uncomfortable to the average person as opposed to like, oh, it takes you this long to get home. That's because it's easy to figure out, you know, it's easy to imagine how Google now might figure out that where your house is if you have your GPS on all the time. It's less obvious how it knows that Game of Thrones is a show you watch. Maybe it's obvious because you would search for it. I don't know. I don't search for Game of Thrones that often, though, but I do watch it. So one thing, one thing I don't like about Google now is that it, like, I don't, it, it always gives me, suggests these links about Android phones, like reviews of Android phones, sometimes reviews of the Android phone I have. Which is very strange. Now, is that because you're searching for Android, or is it... I mean, I don't know. It do may you get be emails that... and Gmail about Android? I don't think so. It At one point, there was a point at which I did search for Android a bunch because I was looking to get a phone. But now I've, I have a phone, and I don't know. It yeah. just... Like, I always get product updates about, like, Samsung Galaxy, like, KitKat and stuff on my Moto X. I don't get it. <laughs> and I think that comes back <laughs> to being able to control what it access to, being able to exempt yeah. certain searches and saying, I don't care about this, but I do care about that. Indeed. Also, um, when it talks to me, it doesn't sound like Cortana, so I don't feel like Master Chief. <laughs> I was gonna, that was going to be my next question. Does it sound mm -hmm. like Cortana? It I sounds like so. the answer is no. Oh. Um, I, oh, oh, I thought you just said it was no. I might have misheard. Sean, do you know? I don't. I actually have not heard it talk. Um, and I would play a video of it here on the show, but I'm afraid the computer would implode, so not today. Okay. Um, but go in and go on YouTube, and I'm sure there's a video of Cortana talking. Um, besides Cortana, Windows Phone 8.1 will also introduce what they call the Action Center, or the rest of you may know as a Notification Center, uh, which oh. all the other phones currently have. And it's, yes, exactly the same thing. You swipe down from the top, it gives you your notifications, as well as a set of toggles, including your Wi-Fi, your Bluetooth, and essentially what you're used to on all your other phones. Um, they have a more customizable lock screen, which will allow third-party apps to do, quote, more interactive and unique things with a set of new APIs. Uh, for business users, they're adding enterprise VPN uh, and encryption options. Uh, let's see. There's going to be a new version of Skype in Phone 8.1 that can convert a regular phone call into a Skype video call with a touch of a button, uh, similar to how uh, Apple would do it through uh, FaceTime. Um, a new swipe-like keyboard option, you know, if you're familiar with swipe on Android where you're able to just kind of go around, they're going to have a version of that. They call it WordFlow. Um, 8.1 will roll out as an update to consumers in the next few months, although brand new phones may be on sale sooner than that. So, GameSpot.com says, 
The voice of Cortana sounded like it was being provided by voice actress Jen Taylor, who also lends her vocal cords to the character in the games. If it wasn't Taylor, it sounded like a particularly uncanny impression. There you go. You get your Cortana. Success. <laughs> so let's talk What about, else do we got to build? What else do we got to build? Well, well, Dan, have I got a deal for you. What if I told you I would give you Windows for free? I would run and jump out of my window right now. No. Uh, wow, wow you're maybe. suicidal over the thought of Microsoft. <laughs> I didn't realize you hated Windows so much. No. Uh, I'm just I'm joking. I'm just joking. It is indeed a fact. Microsoft is making Windows free on devices with screens under 9 inches. That includes um, tablets and uh, phones, so Windows Phone. And, and, and really Windows. small computers. And very small, yes, pocket computers. <laughs> um, and books. What if you made like a uh, one of those Google Chrome boxes but with Windows 8 on it? <laughs> It, the screen is technically zero size. Uh, I, I'm uh, going to say yeah. that probably doesn't count, but what do I know, Dan? Any, Actually, any desktop computer you made without an attached monitor. That's true. It, ju- it just hey, says I think free we charge. found out. It specifically says phones and tablets, Dan. Uh, I'm sorry to, to burst your... But if the tablet's 10 inches and it's not free? No, you have to pay. <laughs> okay. That's the rule. Hey, it's better than nothing. And it's less than nine, so if it's nine inches, you also have to pay. Ah, that's how they get you. Uh, Like I said, this is for Windows 8.1 and Windows Phone 8.1. The idea behind this is to create a Windows for the Internet of Things, as we've talked about on the show previously. And those versions of uh, the free version of Windows also includes a free year of Office 365. Um, From a business perspective, this is really to encourage developers to create... Um, more hardware, software, and apps. Because um, when you drop the price to free, like Android, um, we've seen the the development available, especially on things like wearables. Yeah, but the, the Internet of Things doesn't seem like a very good match for Windows. You know, like, are you, are you going to install Windows on your refrigerator, I could see? Windows, like, installed literally on your window? That's like you're not gonna need a, you're not gonna want to power a computer that would we needed to run Windows like that. Like in the world where all these Internet of Things stuff are powered by solar energy or like the yeah, but, well, the wind of you passing by or whatever it is. Maybe this is naive. Why wouldn't you want that? What's so bad about that? Uh, just because Windows is so resource intensive that you'd need more power to power a computer that could run Windows, well, unless they've done some crazy stuff. What like I... like an Arduino is significantly less powerful than even the worst Android phone. Even the first Android phone, it's much less powerful. I mean, as far as I understand it, yes, they're saying full Windows is available, but I would not be surprised if part of this is smaller lighter versions of windows i don't i don't think they're intending for them to put the full windows 8.1 experience on your watch um right but they weren't super specific either yeah but if you don't have the full windows 8.1 experience you don't like the windows command line is notoriously awful (laughs) you can't even do everything from it like Mm -hmm. So, that's changed with PowerShell, but 
I don't know. I don't see the Internet of Things argument. I see like a refrigerator, like a TV, uh, things like that, bigger appliances, the the vaunted washer and dryer nonsense. Well, Dan, what about a car? A car, yes, is large enough, but that's not. That doesn't feel like the Internet of Things. The Internet of Things is when everything has an IP address. Like your books have an IP address. And your keyboard has an IP address. It already does, actually. I, I learned, uh, you know, your Windows have an IP address. Your air conditioner. An air conditioner is a good example. An air conditioner is big enough to be substantial and require power, but I don't need Windows on it. I just need to turn it on and off and like set schedules. So what? Is, so what does like a Nest thermometer run on? It probably it definitely runs on like really stripped down Linux. So couldn't like, that just be a really stripped down Windows? I'm sorry, I don't I don't know how things work. Right, it could be, but what's the advantage of that? I, I, I mean, it could also years. it could be, but like Microsoft would have to do that themselves because like you can't just up and go strip down Windows because the source code is proprietary. Yeah, and there's decades of embedded systems running Linux, like all of our routers, uh, Arduinos, all of your set-top boxes, Roku, uh, all run Linux. Uh, what's the other one? The one that used the, the first DVR. TiVo? Uh, TiVo, GPSs, the TomTom runs Linux, like all that stuff. There's so much literature and knowledge around how to do that really efficiently and just say, well, now here's this Windows thing. The advantage is that you can run Windows programs on it. It's like, well, we don't want to run any programs on it. We just want to, like, have an IP address and do everything else from your phone or from, like, a web browser. Or maybe my conception of the Internet of Things is wrong. No, I, I think that's fair. I, I don't uh, – believe me, I don't understand what they say when they say Internet Things or what they're intending or what – what the point or reason is. I, uh, I have a question. Um, where, where, I like, yeah. What, what prompted this discussion of the Internet of Things? That's my question. Was it the small screen thing? Well, or was Microsoft it specifically said, quote, Windows on the Internet of Things, end quote. Mm -hmm. They said that, that in was, their announcement. In relation to the small screen free windows? Yes. And then they sort of tease that, imagine windows on a watch and on a this and on a that. Uh, but they were in no way specific or gave any information. I do remember reading a really cool article a year ago about Microsoft's campus in Redmond and how they had instrumented everything to be like the ultimate smart office and that they know when the windows are open and closed they know what the temperature in all the rooms are and they can get all this big data on who's where and when they are there usually and things like that and that was like the internet of things dream the smart home dream writ large so i do think that microsoft probably has a lot to contribute to this uh and I guess if the dream of having a smart home involves running Windows, then I don't really care what runs on those little things around my house as long as I can access them whenever and wherever I want to and however I want. Uh, if it's like, 
here's this great smart home system, but you need a Windows phone to use it. Then it's like, well, that's useless. Uh, but hopefully with this CEO they have now and their iPad apps for Office and all of this stuff, maybe they would do it for everything, and that would be awesome. I would buy that because I trust that Microsoft can make that. Well, we're certainly a ways out from that. Uh, it's just this is a step in the right direction, and it is, you know, if you had talked about Microsoft five years ago, the idea of making Windows free, yeah. I mean, that's delusional to have well, considered that. Windows has been free in some markets for some time. I don't. I think it was China or South Korea or something where they uh, they just gave it away for free because the piracy was so prevalent mm -hmm. that they were losing market share to Linux for like big uh, government contracts. So they were just like, well, we'd rather keep you in the Windows ecosystem and make money off of other things than lose you entirely. Well, and that's uh, exactly what they're doing with yeah. versus Android. Same argument. Why build a Windows phone and pay Windows a certain number of dollars per phone when you can just make an Android phone? Yep. Um, let's continue on in our discussion of Microsoft. Um, how about uh, the dream? The, the dream. dream. The dream. We're going to live the dream. Imagine a world where you as a developer, you build an app, an application. Whoa. For your smartphone. Oh my gosh. But that app works on a computer as well and on your Xbox. It's the same app. Amazing. Get excited, people, because Microsoft announced universal Windows apps are coming. Uh, using the same code base... And I don't understand how any of this works, so I'm going to be vague. Using the same code base and only tweaking the interface based on the form factor and if it's used by touch or by mouse or keyboard, essentially a small amount of work can be done but create the same app to be run on Windows Phone, Windows, and Xbox. Famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, It'll be drama. easy. That, hey, and that's a very fair point, but I mean, I gotta say, and I'm not even a developer, this is really a developer thing, I'm excited, because if you think about it, who else has done something like this? It's called well, the web. Well, the web, sure, but I mean, we can have a whole debate over the upside to building a native app rather than a web app. But aren't, aren't Microsoft's interfaces built in web stuff anyways? That's what I heard. I thought that Metro apps were JS, the UI at least. Uh, I don't know for sure. I will say that I recently had this discussion last week in some depth, and I am pretty convinced that I think most businesses, most products, if you're starting a product now, it's probably a better investment to make it all web. Because if you think about five years ago, uh, we were just starting college. And if you wanted the best email client, you wouldn't have picked Gmail. It wasn't the best. It was pretty good. It wasn't the best. You could get a better native experience. Now... Gmail is arguably the best 
email experience on any platform, and it only took five years. There's like, as I have found out doing these OS X reviews, Gmail really is the best thing. And if you want to use something other than Gmail, forward your email to Gmail is like, you know, the way to get the best uh, UI, the best features, all that stuff. So the stuff that we can't do on the web now, five years from now, I think the only thing five years from now that we won't be doing is like super optimized uh, graphical experiences. So if you want to make an app that has a really revolutionary 3D interface that's super smooth, in five years from now, maybe you want it to be a native app. But then again, WebGL is coming a long way. But I think for everything else, you could make just as good of a native app on mobile and on desktop five years from now as you could natively. That's that's my prediction. Hmm. I don't know, though, because, like, So, all right. So, your your argument is that in five years, five years from right now, yeah, there'll be com- there'll be, Cause, yeah. Because if I went back in time and told five years ago, Colby, that five years from then we would have a, uh, you know, a Windows three point one emulator that could run like a DOS one point emulator inside of that to run another program all written in JavaScript, which is itself <laughs> an emulation layer on top of your computer. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> it might so so I don't know. What are the things that like So so Facebook's a good like- example. Facebook okay. the app was almost good. It kinda sucked, but you know and when you're that, when you're a Facebook or you're any company, you don't want to have a pretty good experience. You want to have the best possible experience. That's so true. I'm contending that in five years, the best possible Facebook experience on the web, desktop or mobile, will be almost indistinguishable from what is possible on a native app. That's fair. Um. Yeah, I guess I guess I can get on board with that. Like. I don't think the the web is losing steam by any means. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it is. I don't know. I think it depends sort of on the 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 next generation of programmers, right? Like, if they don't learn to write JavaScript, like we did in like the the 10 years of people before us did because it was easy to make things that everyone could use then maybe it won't be that's true and i hope that doesn't happen because yeah. the you know all this microsoft stuff bring it back to microsoft universal apps is great but we should just have universal apps for everything for your iPad and your iPhone, your Android phone, your Android tablet, and your Windows PC and your Mac PC and your Linux PC and your TV and your PS4. All that should just be point at a URL and download it or and put it on your home screen or whatever it is. Yeah. What do yeah. you think, Sean, as a as a consumer, not a developer? Do um, you have any like prejudices or you no. know? I mean, as a as a consumer, 
really all this says to me is I now going to get more Windows apps and I'm going to get more Xbox apps and I'm going to get more Windows Phone apps. That's and true. For me, that's the most exciting part. I realize I'm not a developer. I don't understand what any of this means or what you were talking about. But <laughs> what I do know is that A, Microsoft's app stores, and I will say plural, in general don't have a ton of high quality apps. Two, the apps they do have leave much to be desired and three apps the last place they end up is windows phone after they have an uh, an ios and android if you can get such distribution with such hypothetically little work of just writing the code once i think hypothetically that encourages developers to write for the platform and that's an advantage to anyone who uses microsoft products so i think that's and i think it's exciting i hope this encourages places like Apple to have one app store or to, you know, I, I would like to see more of this. This is good that we're starting to see these things work together. So I I'm excited about that. Well, there is the rumor that Apple will, the next MacBook air or a future MacBook air will be arm. And that would open up the, the one app store future. Absolutely. Should be terrifying. And we'll, <laughs> but and if we'll, all you need is a web browser, then by then, hopefully, it'll be good. Chrome <laughs> OS. Uh, yeah. Let's keep this train. There's more, there's more Microsoft news. Can you oh believe my, it? Oh, God. I'm I'm Jeez. Just, I can barely believe it. It's nuts. Do you know what tomorrow is? Tuesday. Tomorrow is Windows 8.1 update one day. <laughs> it's already here. It's going to be uh, tomorrow available for download. Has the uh, the era of service packs passed us now? Are we in a uh, post-service pack era? This this essentially... Well, this is a... So, there's service pack and there's feature packs. Service packs are traditionally patches and things like that. Feature packs actually add new features. What these updates are is really a combination of both. Okay. But you're right. We we probably won't see anything called a service pack anytime soon. That's good. Now, why they don't call it Windows 8.2? That's a whole other story. <laughs> Not even going there. They need they need to take up semantic versioning. And they're already talking about Windows uh, Windows 9. So, anyway, uh, Windows 8.1 update one is coming tomorrow via the uh, Windows uh, the Windows Store on your Windows 8 machine. That's a free update. Uh, things you're going to get that are new all are mostly for mouse and keyboard. A new title bar will be dis displayed at the top of Windows 8-style apps, making it possible to minimize and close these apps with a mouse and keyboard. Traditionally, on the full-screen experience, there was no taskbar at the top. Now there will be one you'll be able to minimize and close apps by just clicking uh, instead of dragging. Um, Windows 8-style apps, or those full-screen apps, can now be pinned to your taskbar on the desktop. So you can click and open it there. And the taskbar can be used fully within these full screen apps, essentially merging closer the desktop and the full screen experience. Um, the other thing is that Microsoft is planning to boot some Windows 8.1 users straight to the desktop by default. Uh, it depends on the machine. They haven't said specifically the qualifications, but it's an assumption that if it knows it's a desktop with a mouse and keyboard and no touch screen, it might boot you default to the desktop. Um, but we don't have a lot of details on that yet. Um, uh, I I really like the start menu with the live tiles. Yeah, yeah, that looked really good. So, I have bad news for you. 
Right. That is not coming in Windows 8.1 Update 1. That was a tease for some future version. Uh. Yes. So uh, they did tease at Build Conference a start menu coming back. I'm confident it will happen, but it is not coming in the update tomorrow, and there is no time frame uh, available for when that will happen. I know. I'm bummed, too. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to feel now. <laughs> hey, you know, I will still tease. I still love my Start 8 uh, app I picked a couple months back on the show that brings you the uh, Start menu back through a third-party service. So I'll still tease those guys. Um, Fair enough. Retease. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so if you're a Windows 8.1 user, get that update tomorrow in the Windows Store. <laughs> Whew, I am winded from all that Microsoft news. I don't know about you guys. I'm exhausted. I think we should just call it a night. We should- <laughs> no, Dan, you know why we can't call it a night? Because we've got one of these. Trivia challenge. Uh, is this the one I need a pencil for? Uh, this is one where, yes, you are probably going to want to keep track of your God. answers. So this week's challenge is a chronological challenge where I'm going to give you a list of items and you have to put them in chronological order. The theme is streaming devices. The next story we're going to talk about is going to be about the Fire TV from Amazon. So I thought it would be fun if you knew the order, a set, these set, and I'll read them off for you, this set of streaming devices was released. Okay? The list is, and there's five of them, Apple TV... Google TV, Roku, WDTV, or Western Digital TV, mm. and XBMC. Mm. So those are five. And I, I'm going to give you... Now, a, XBMC is a program. It is. I'm looking for the first official release, the date of the first full uh, uh, release. And there is a specific... The release date. of the program or the release of a hardware that officially is supposed to run the program? The software. Specifically XBMC, which was spun off from another software. So the, the date of the first version of XBMC. Okay. And, and these are the release dates I'm looking for, not announcement dates or anything like that. Release dates, Wait. and you have to put them in order from the oldest to the newest. So wait, you want me to tell you the, the date it was released? No, or just, just in order. Okay. Just okay. in order. So take a minute to think about it. It's Apple TV, Google TV... Roku, Western Digital TV, and XBMC. Put them in order from the oldest to the newest. Um, and think about that. While you think about that, uh, I didn't at the top of the show, so I'll remind all our listeners that we do the show live every Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific at our website, don'tpanic.io. Go there to get all the latest on the show, including past episodes uh, and links to our RSS, iTunes, and Facebook um, very exciting. All right. Have mm. you guys thought about it? Yeah, I think I'm as good as I'm going to get. All right. Yeah, me too. So I'm going to – this is why I had you write it down, not that you would change it. But uh, let's see. Colby, why don't, you, uh, why don't you give us the order first, again, starting from oldest first? I have WDTV, yeah. XBMC. What? Yeah, keep going. XBMC. Uh, Apple TV, Roku, and Google TV. And Google TV. Okay, Dan, how about you? I have XBMC, WDTV, 
uh, Apple TV, Roku, and Google TV. Okay, let's look at the results here. Well, none of you hit it perfectly. Um, actually, you were all quite off by a bit. So, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to look at... I believe Dan was technically more accurate. So, Dan is the winner. The the We were looking for uh, XBMC is the oldest from 2004. Then it's the Apple TV from 2007. Then it's Roku from May of 2008, WDTV from November of 2008, and Google TV from 2010. I had that order. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? Western Digital TV probably came way early on. Uh, I psyched him out. I had no idea, so I just tried to mess with Dan. Yeah, so the only one you got, Dan got XBMC right, and you both got Google TV right, so... Uh, Dan wins this chronological trivia challenge. Congratulations, Dan! Thank you. That was hard. That that, that I'm not. I'm glad I didn't have to do it because I would not know the answer. <laughs> um, but that is it for our trivia challenge. Why don't we move on to? Uh, okay. Um, and we're going to talk about the the new hotness this week. I mean, nobody who really cares about developers and Microsoft and programming and what is this about? No, instead we're going to talk about the Amazon Fire TV, which was announced this week. And have I got a surprise for you folks? What? John bought one. Is what? Is this an Amazon <laughs> Fire TV? How'd you get there? What's what's the and and a remote that. Wow, that is... Uh, no, yes, I got a review unit for us to check out here on the show. Um, and uh, I'm very excited. It is my pick this week, so I'm going to leave my personal thoughts out of this segment. We're only going to talk about what was announced, uh, but I will give you some pictures. So uh, this week, Amazon entered the fray with its new Fire TV. Um, it is uh, thin as hell. Let me uh, switch to the rear cam here, uh, which I know you guys can't see, but uh, it Oops. is crazy thin um and there you go it's a nice little black box it's got your hdmi and your ethernet and usb uh for comparison's sake i pulled out my old roku 2 uh and you can see the uh, the size difference there almost double in thickness um it comes with the box and the remote for 99 uh us dollars uh let me switch back to this um, some of the big features, uh, of course, it's got all of Amazon's content on it, including uh, Prime Instant Streaming and regular Instant Streaming content you can pay for. That's kind of the highlight of the device. There also are apps, including Netflix, Hulu Plus, Watch ESPN, and a ton of others. Um, it comes with this remote control right here. Ba-ba. Uh, which looks like most media controllers you've seen, your home, back, and menu buttons, play, fast-forward, rewind, a four-way controller. Um, and one of the big highlights is that microphone right up there on the top, uh, and that would be for voice search. Uh, you just press and hold the button, say what you're searching for, and it will search through Amazon's catalogs to uh, find what you're looking for. Um, they talked a lot about... They said the the several big issues with media devices were search, which they claim they fixed with voice search, uh, Speed, which they've put a really powerful processor and a lot of memory into this device. 
Um, and games was the third. Uh, Amazon has made a big deal about the games as part of this device. There is an optional controller you can buy that's an additional $40. Uh, it's a dual joystick similar to an Xbox controller that connects to your Fire TV. Uh, they currently have about 120 games, um, and they say that will grow as time goes on. Games include uh, Minecraft currently. Um, if you have a Kindle Fire tablet, uh, you get a bunch of additional features, including the ability to flick your video to your box uh, using their X-ray service, which finds information as you're watching the film, um, and Whisper Sync, so you can start it on your Fire TV and finish it on your tablet, or vice versa. Whew. I think that's everything. Did I, do you, did I miss anything? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm, that, that was a lot. Uh, yes, it is a packed device, like I said, currently available from Amazon now. Uh, $99, you get the box and the remote and the game controller. Currently back-ordered about a month. I would have gotten one to test, but uh, that is $40, and you can uh, order that now. I don't want to give my right. review away, so any thoughts from you guys on the Fire TV? Uh... I'm I'm glad that there's more competition and that this competition is doing something that the others aren't. Namely, like, making it a really big computer instead of just a small computer. Yeah. Uh, it's um, nice to have something in between a Roku and, like, a PS4. Yeah. I'm, like... I'm sort of glad there's more competition, but I'm also sort of bummed that it's, like, Amazon, like, and not, like, it's one of the big, like, five tech companies that is is all up in everyone else's business. Like, well, if it was another tech company, Colby, it probably would have already been purchased by one of the other big ones. So <laughs> I know, I know. It is amazing that, that Roku is still, uh, has, wasn't acquired by somebody. Yeah. Maybe it's like, I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, Apple had their own, right? So did yeah. Google. Yeah. But Google could have easily acquired them and done a much better job on Google TV. Maybe. Well, are we going to talk about Android TV? We are going to talk about Android TV. So unless you have any other thoughts on the fire, you're going to want to stay tuned for my review. Yeah, yeah I think we'll show. hold it for your segment That's at great. the end. I, I will take questions from you guys. And if you're watching the show live, uh, I don't know how you would get a question to us. You could probably just post on our Facebook and let us know uh, if you have questions. But let's talk. Uh, there was a leak this week. Um, uh. a, a leak for Android TV. Um, of course, we all know Google had Google TV uh, for the past couple of years and sort of gave up on it because it didn't really work that great. There weren't many devices that supported it. There weren't a lot of apps. Um, it's frank to say it was a half-baked effort. Um, so uh, we know Google's been working on something, but we had some leaked shots today of what they call Android TV. Um, it unsurprisingly looks exactly like every other media device you've ever seen. Uh, there's rows of icons that represent movies, television, and music. Uh, it integrates with their Play service they currently own. Um, it includes Google Search as well. Um, again, we don't know a lot about this currently, other than the fact that um, it's expected to be announced at Google I.O. in June. 
It supports voice input and notification. Um, game controllers as well. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what they said. Optional game controllers. Yeah. I don't know. And and the other thing that's that's to note is that Google is courting select app developers to create apps for Android TV uh, with consistent interfaces, uh, which is something they're they're putting a high value on, making sure that the apps are done well and are um, consistent. What applications would you all be interested in using on a TV that isn't video streaming? Games? Games? Okay. Question mark, though. Why the question mark? I mean, I don't know if I would want to play Android games on a TV. (laughs) I don't even play Android games on my Android phone. Um, But maybe. I mean, if it was an option... I I want to say and I I'm I'm surprised Amazon didn't just make this an option even if only 5% of people did it. But I feel like if you have a big enough high quality enough TV, I wonder what it would be like to read a book on it. <laughs> Cuz you could. That'd be interesting. And yeah. I that's the only thing I could think of when I was thinking of like what's what's missing from a television device outside of video and, and audio playback. Pro- I don't know, Dan, do you have anything in your head? Well, I do think that there's, in like a perfect world, there's a lot of room for integration where you could, like, the the interface would say, oh, so you just watched 30 Rock. Well, Tina Fey's also in this thing, but that's only on Hulu. But I know that Tina Fey is Tina Fey, and I can show you that there's this Hulu thing over here that you could watch next if you want to. Like, that would be cool. Oh, you want you want more universal access between apps. I want, yeah, I want hmm. more discoverability. Uh, I think that there could be some cool Spotify app-esque stuff where you I want could... popcorn time. <laughs> yeah, no, you're yeah. what a, you know, if it weren't yeah. illegal, that would be an amazing experience, really. Just to have yeah. everything at once. All on an Amazon like like all in those little set top boxes. Yeah, and you just type yeah. in what you want regardless of where it is. It just yep. shows up. I mean, well, but I would want that too. So, Sean, I think you recommended it, and I found out that I know the guy who wrote this thing. The uh Can the, I stream can, it? Can can I stream it? Yeah. Uh, uh, that would be a good app. Well, like you know, that's all I really need. And and I will tell you, and this this will come up again in my Fire TV review. But the Roku, my little does Roku, have some of these features, right? It does have search. Uh, the best cross service search I've seen in a device you plug into your television. Okay, can you, I, I was under the impression that only searched Amazon and Hulu, is that true? On the Roku? On the uh, Amazon Fire TV. The Fire TV currently only searches Amazon and buries Hulu so deep you don't even realize it's searching <laughs> Hulu. Like it's almost, I tried to find it because they said it also did. Right, so. and that's one of the things that feels better about Roku is Roku doesn't have a horse in the content game. So oh, that's that's true. Yeah, I couldn't agree more that 
as soon as you buy an Amazon box or an Apple box, I mean, you're buying into the ecosystem, period. You know, and if they don't like their competitor, they're not going to put their apps on there. I mean, yep. that's just... And, and Amazon's doubly bad because now they're producing their own content, which is something Apple isn't doing. Um, I really want someone like Netflix to just come up and and realize that it's in their best interest for this to be so much better than cable TV. Because if they can make a product like an iTunes-esque thing that's just so much better than the status quo, then that I feel like that could finally start to move the needle towards the something other than having to get a cable subscription to watch your shows when they come out. Uh, well, I... I, I would say I think cross-service search is absolutely a real possibility and a database, right. but having one company host all the content will never happen. Right. I'm saying I wish, I wish someone with the, uh, the know-how and clout of Netflix in this space would realize that it's fine to integrate with other providers if it means that more companies would be willing to come to Netflix and be like, screw this cable nonsense, here's like Game of Thrones, just do it and handle it, and we don't care about having a slot on whatever, you know? Uh, if they're all competing with each other, then that vision isn't going to happen. Uh, yeah, there's an incomplete metaphor, because that's not really how iTunes worked, but something has to give for the thing I want to happen, so it should give. <laughs> and we'll have to see if Android TV at least gets us somewhat of the way there. Yeah. Um, but we'll find out probably at IO in June. And I, I will, it's never too early to start teasing. The month of June is going to be, <laughs> we've got WWDC, we've got Google IO. We are going to have so much news. And, and Colby, Dan, where, just, I forgot, where do you find the best tech coverage? Here on Don'tPanic.io. Dan knew that. Colby, what, what's with the delay? You, you <laughs> it's it's, it's like 300 milliseconds away or something. I definitely didn't say the internet. <laughs> Google. Uh, no, it's right here. Dan is right. You're going to want to stay tuned. Uh, come June, we'll have all the announcements. Um, it'll be fun. Um, how are we doing on time? We are... Um. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to our picks because the review's gonna take. We're already forty six minutes in, so. Um, yeah, I know that Microsoft, but we've got a couple stories. We'll push some of these to next week. Um, Sounds good. But why don't we jump in to our? What are the other stories? Uh, Vine introduced uh, private messaging of vines. Didn't know about that? Cool. Um, what Snapchat's for. Colby, did you <laughs> recommend cover on the show? Was Yeah, Twitter bought them. Twitter to bought be honest, them. I stopped using it a while ago. Well, and they've pretty much said they're going to shut down cover and they're just hiring them for expertise. Oh, talent. And we were going to talk about Amazon Dash, which is their little handheld uh, scanner mm. device that you can use with your Amazon Fresh subscription. Right, right. Um, there you go. We just did all the news. That's wonderful. That was Ooh, easy. Good. We should just do that every week. <laughs> just read it all, and then we can just like, read all the headlines. Three minutes. For the rest of the hour. That's genius. All right, let's do this. <laughs> all 
Okay. And, that, you know, I kind of like the abrupt ending on the audio. I think it's really funny. <laughs> but I'm also a weirdo. So um, let's uh, let's talk Fire TV. So uh, I've had this for a couple days now, and I've had the opportunity to use it. I, I unplugged my Roku and plugged in my Amazon TV. So uh, I'm first going to go over what I like and then what I don't like. How's that sound? Sounds entirely reasonable. And I try to be reasonable, you know? Um, Possibly my favorite thing about this box, and this is going to sound dumb, um, is the build quality. This is phenomenal, phenomenal hardware. It doesn't sound dumb. Thank you, Colby. Um, You know, the the Roku is very plasticky, and that's fine, you know, but this is a wonderfully crafted, beautiful, solid piece of... It's got heft to it. The box looks really slick on your um, media cabinet. And I will say, this remote is probably one of my favorite remotes I've ever used. Because when you put it side by side here with the Roku remote, you see it's very cartoony and it's very thick. Look at the difference there. Um, It's about half the size. It feels... It's not heavy, but it's not light. It's got that good weight. It's very comfortable in your hand. Um, the buttons have a nice click to it. I know it sounds dumb, but for a device, especially a remote you use all the time, this is one of the best remotes I've ever used. So, oh, I, I have a question about the remote. Is yeah. it like a? Is it like a, an infrared like line of sight remote, it's or Bluetooth. does it? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's Bluetooth. one of the biggest compliment or not compliments. One of the coolest things, I guess. One of the things. One of the things that people have talked the most about that I've heard about that is that you don't have to point it at the TV. And I think the newer Roku's, you don't have to point at the TV either. No, like the, the, the one I have is Bluetooth as well. Uh, they need yeah. more of the communications for like the Roku remote has motion and stuff in it. Gotcha. Um, I'm sure for doing the microphone on this as well, I'm sure there's a big advantage to having the Bluetooth. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I really like about the box is the speed. They were not kidding. This thing flies. Um, my Roku, Roku is notoriously bad with the memory they put into these things. Apps crash all the time. They're slow. They get really down. This thing, I've used it for three days and it is so fast. The other thing Amazon is doing is now this again is only for Amazon content, but they actually like pre buffer things they think you're going to watch. So for example, if you're watching a TV show, they start buffering the next episode while you're watching the first one. And it's literally HD quality with no waiting. It is a magical experience. And that Ah. is, without a doubt, one of my favorite things. I was watching, uh, I've been catching up on Workaholics on um, Prime, and I would just go to the next episode, and it would just start. It It was really nice. So I have to say, I wish other boxes would do what they did and really invest in nice powerful hardware because it does make a big difference um sadly that's pretty much all i really liked about it so obviously the biggest problem is it's all amazon stuff all the time that that's that you you get what you pay for it's all amazon stuff the voice search is cool it works really well it's really accurate to your voice i spent about half an hour last night seeing what swear words it would uh accept (laughs) um and it did, although it would asterisk out certain letters. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and 
So, and it works really well, but only for Amazon content, which sucks, which sucks. Um, because you would search for a sh- I search for sh- shows I knew were available on Netflix, and all they said was you can buy it on Amazon. That totally defeats the purpose. Um, so cool feature. They need more services. Um, outside of that, you know, the apps are good, but it's all Amazon content. It's missing features for me. There's no integration with um, Amazon's own music service, which makes no sense to me. Uh, because I buy songs through them, and I have s- songs in my locker, quote-unquote. Those don't show up on the device. Um, the games were fine. I wish I'd had the controller. Obviously, playing with this remote isn't a great experience. The quality was good, but I still... If you're going to play games, you should probably just get a PlayStation or an Xbox. I mean, it's not... I don't know. I, I was limited because I didn't have the controller, and about half the games you need the controller for, like Minecraft. You can't play with the remote. You need the full controller. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? I think that's most of what I have to say about it. I mean, the other thing to note is the price. Um, at $99, it is on the mid to upper tier of streaming devices. Um, 99 is a good price, but overall, certainly if you have a streaming device and you're satisfied with it, there is absolutely no need for you to buy this. Um, There's nothing particularly interesting about it to upgrade to. If you don't currently have a media device or are looking to buy one, I would only recommend the Fire TV if you are an Amazon nut and use nothing else and were just Amazon-centric in your life. And there are people like that. But I am going to be happy when this thing gets sent back and I plug my Roku back in. Really? Universal Search, ten times as many apps. There's no HBO Go on this. There's no. I mean, there's a whole series. And obviously, this is a brand new product. And they've even said these features are going to come over time. And I believe them. But for right now, I there was just something about this device. The hardware was great. I wish it was running Roku software and I would be the happiest man on earth because it's so fast and the hardware is so nice. But just having Amazon stuff really blows the experience. When you can do universal search and when you can do thousands of apps, you know, and the other thing is the Roku streaming stick is half the cost of this and has nearly the same amount of features. You don't get the speed, and you don't get the voice search. Outside of that, you know, they're identical devices at half the cost. Um, so I, I, I would not recommend... It's a good device. There's nothing wrong with it. There's just better options, is, is my review. Ah. What the... What? I have Skype Premium. What are you doing to me? I, we all got the same thing at the same time. I got that too. Skype just like, hiccuped. Hey, uh, <gasps> what is this doing? Uh, I I bought Skype Premium. Oh, computers! <laughs> they got you. Like I Microsoft, I gave you my money. <laughs> what is they wrong want more, you? Sean? They, they want, want more. They always want more. Damn it! <laughs> oh my God! What is going? All right. Well, we don't currently have video. I'm gonna keep working on this. But yeah, so I don't know if you guys uh, have any thoughts or questions on uh, Fire TV, or if you want to move on to your own picks. I asked my questions. Um, 
Yeah, I think I also asked my questions. I don't know. Like, all right. I I. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I. It seems like it would. Like you said, it would be pretty cool if they squished a Fire TV and a Roku like together. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I think I think if Roku made this box at ninety nine dollars, it would be an absolute no brainer. Period. Done. Um, yeah. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, um, fair enough. So uh, I'm gonna take a quick minute out of the show. I'm gonna hang up and call you guys right back. Okay. And we're back. Yeah, now it works. What the? Oh, God damn it, Skype. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> oh, that Whoa, now I can see video on Sean's screen. Can you? It says X Split Broadcaster. Oh, yeah. Well, that's supposed to work, and I don't know why it's not, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> let's move on to something other than me talking. Uh, who wants to go next? I want to go next. Dan wants to go Mine's, next. Mine is super short. All right, Dan, let's talk about this company, uh, Esty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Where's the share button? I can never find it when I need to find it. Uh, share screen. I want to share this one. Start. Okay. Hey. So, uh, full disclosure, I work for this company called Etsy, uh, but for the first time, I, uh, I did a custom order, and custom orders aren't something we feature nearly enough, in my opinion, not the opinion shared by Etsy. Uh, custom orders is where you find, so Etsy is a community of sellers, sellers make things, they're handmade vintage or supplies, and you can buy things from them that they've made. Uh, but you can also request to have things made that they don't have in stock. And you can see this uh, if we go to Etsy and we look around. Uh, we can go to this shop here. And on their shop page, there's this request custom order button here. And if you click this, uh, well, we won't do that now. But basically, it looks like this. You can uh, upload photos of what you want your thing to look like. You can, uh, of course, supply any pros you want about any backstory that there is to it, uh, what your you know, price is going to be, and stuff like that. And then these people, these wonderful artists, of which I am not one, uh, they're not they don't have to accept your offer but oftentimes they do and it's amazing so i recently had a painting commissioned and the first offer was for 50 bucks and i told her that i would pay no less than 100 uh for a commissioned painting from an artist that went to art school i just did not feel comfortable only accepting like less than a video game worth of money from it uh, <laughs> And it's it was really rewarding. I got to have this whole conversation with the person, and we uh, 
about the piece and what it meant and who it was for. So it was really cool. It was really rewarding. Uh, Etsy.com, custom orders. We don't have a nice, cool, uh, flashy marketing page for it. But if you notice any items around the website and you really like the kind of stuff they do, but you think to yourself, wow, it would be really great if they could make a mug that was just a little bit taller or something like that. Or I really like this scarf, but in this color. Or like, I really love the way this person depicts art and I want them to depict this thing, this idea with this meaning that I have. So Etsy.com, total selfish pick, custom orders. Very cool. Very cool. Etsy.com. Um, Dan, if you could do me a favor and turn off your screen sharing. Yep, there you go. Wonderful. So I can get you and Colby back on the split. And... Oh, sorry. Did I throw that all off? No, no, you're fine. I, I just had to reconfigure the camera a little bit, but now we're back to normal. Uh, okay, very cool. Colby? Fun, well... Random aside, while Dan was talking, I, I made a purchase on Etsy. I got a <laughs> clock. I got a nice. clock that's made out of a recycled hard drive. Ooh, oh, neat. those are awesome. I've seen them. Yeah. The price was too good. I was expecting it to be way more than they are. They're like 30 bucks. At the office, we have a mirror made out of hard drives, polished hard drives, the, the spindles. Yeah. It's... it's gratuitous but awesome that's cool that's that's pretty awesome um all right so my pick uh so my pick is like it's called delivery.com and it's basically like grubhub um or uh seamless or any of those other things that do ordering online for you. Um, when I moved to San Francisco, I obviously like I moved here and didn't know where to, where to get takeout from. So I just used the internet and I tried like all, all of those other websites before I like, I tried all of those websites and finally got to this one. I think I tried, I tried Grubhub and seamless and Neither was satisfactory. Um, I forget. Like, I don't remember which one it was, but one of them gave me this these weird delivery confirmations that were clearly not based upon anything. They would just send me an email like, your order... That sounds like seamless. Yeah, it was probably seamless. And it was like, your order should be arriving soon. And my order had come like 15 minutes before. Um, so, so that was weird. Uh... And then I think Grubhub just didn't have a lot of stuff around me, if I'm recalling right. correctly. And but Delivery.com was a nice like middle ground. They didn't do any. They didn't make any promises. They couldn't keep like they give you an estimated delivery time. They don't try and give you updates on your delivery, uh, which is cool. I mean, they save my recent orders, which I like because I I've gotten to the point now where I order the same thing every time I order. Uh, it just, it like just works TM, uh, and it does, (laughs) it does what it does very well. And there, it's not like, it's not an ugly site, but it's also not the prettiest site, but it's, it's like super functional and I like it. I think it's, 
It's available in San Francisco and New York City, if I'm not uh, mistaken. It's also available in a number of other Boston, Austin. Oh, is it? Cool. Yes, yeah, bunch all of over cities. the place. Woo! Yeah, so well, the, the I don't know. The only thing you liked better about it was that it didn't have a, like, specific order, like, progress stuff? Um, that was one thing. It, like, also, like... At least in San Francisco, it seemed to have more restaurants on it than, like, Grubhub did. Um, like, in general, I found one I, one or both of the other two, I found their, like, um, I found their sign-in, sign-up flows really weird, and they wanted, like, <laughs> access to my Facebook account and weird stuff and all i wanted to do was eat pizza (laughs) (laughs) californian pizza nonetheless yeah well that was the other thing i needed a wide selection of like pizza places so i could try them all and find the the least bad one (laughs) but it's 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 weird because it's like it's hard for me to say why exactly i like it more than the other options um and I can't. It's it's very like it's a personal preference. There's nothing wrong yeah, with that. And it's it's sort of like I don't know. It's just really I don't it's kind of utilitarian in a way. Like it just works. And TM. Yes, TM trademark. <laughs> I don't well, know. Uh yeah, delivery.com. Try it. See if you like it better than their competitors, and if you don't, go back to their competitors. But Colby likes it, and if it's good enough for Colby, gosh darn it, it's good enough for me. <laughs> How about yeah. you, Sean? What's your pick? Uh, the Fire TV. We did my pick. Oh, 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 oh that's right. I can pick right. it again. Uh, that's fine, that's fine. We've heard enough from you. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Oh, my gosh, oh, you don't have to oh. tell me that twice. Can I other pick Game of Thrones? Because if no, you don't watch that, you shouldn't. Now is that telling is, Sean to watch is it. Is that like a board game? <laughs> what, is that like a card game? Is that like an app I, I can download? There, there is a board game, right? And there is a card game. So I heard and there there's probably someone, an app you can download. Well, I was gonna say I heard there's someone's working on a, a video game. Yeah, I don't know. Which could be fun. I'll we'll have to see. I don't know. I watched Veep last night. Veep was really funny. I'd recommend Veep. Julia Louis Dreyfus is hilarious, but you don't. Was care that about the that. woman from the New Adventures of Old Christine? Well, she's probably better known from Seinfeld, but yes, you are correct. She was in the New Adventures of Old Christine. <laughs> that show was mundane as hell. It was, but Veep is very funny, and I liked Silicon Valley too. I thought that was funny. I don't know. Might it? I thought. I don't know. It was. It was okay. So. So we, I don't know if you guys watch betas, Amazon's like original content version of Silicon Valley that came out before. That was very bad. It was terrible. Just all around, like the acting was terrible. The story was terrible. The production value was terrible. Um, But I I enjoy, I, 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 I like Silicon Valley a lot better. So I will, I will at least watch the second episode. I think I think my favorite part of that whole thing was um, Eric Schmidt actually being in the episode. Oh yeah, that was funny. That and I looked and I'm like, is that actually Eric Schmidt? And I waited for the credits. And I'm like, oh my god, that's really funny. <laughs> and they're like, is that Eric you know Schmidt that? over there? And he like ducks away. It was it was it was funny. <clears throat> I appreciated it. 
Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Well, that concludes the show. Of course, thanks to uh, Dan Miller and Colby Rabadou, and I'm Sean Jennings, uh, in case you forgot. And uh, we appreciate you being here with us on this episode of Don't Panic. Uh, we will be back next Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and don't forget that website, don'tpanic.io. It's beautiful and built by these two smart guys, so you should definitely visit it soon. Um, with that, uh, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week on Don't Panic. <laughs>